This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Blues Focus Podcast with me, your host, John Graham. And joining me as ever are Tom Oxford and Tom Garrett. And as last week, we will refer to Tom G, who is Tom Garrett, and then just singular <laughs> Tom for this particular podcast. Thank you once again for downloading this pod, whether you did that on Spotify or iTunes, or if you're watching it on our, on our YouTube channel, uh, which is Blues Focus TV, welcome. Uh, hopefully the next sort of 40 minutes is going to be enjoyable. We've got lots to cover. Um, and similar to the last pod, we'll look at a review of the previous game, which was Preston, um, and how that sort of game plan, uh, played out. Then obviously we want to talk about transfer news still in the window. Obviously a bit of business has been done over the last sort of 24 hours, and we're going to touch on that. And then finally, there's a bit of a gap now until the next game. So I think we're going to try and work out what uh, Karanka may have in store for the team and the squad over the coming days. What we can work on based on the last few performances and how we feel we're going to shape up as we go into the next two crucial games. So let's get involved and let's uh, cover off the the Preston game. So I think first things first... um, Team team selection, I think we've all been crying out for a little bit of continuity. So, uh, Tom G, I'll open this one up to you. What what were your thoughts when you saw the team first up? Yeah, I think I think we spoke about it last week, didn't we? Um, I, was all, you know, I think the three of us, we were looking for a bit of consistency. So, I think after the game against, obviously, Middlesbrough, to see the same team again, you know, I think that's a good sign, really. I think you've got to give credit to players where it's due. Obviously, won the game. Um yeah, I mean, I, I thought the substitutions worked quite well as well um, when he made them the right time. Um, but I, I think, you know, as, as I said before to you, I think, you know, sometimes it's just the championship. You know, you play like that against Middlesbrough, win 1-0, play like that against Preston at home and then lose 1-0. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Tom, what were your initial thoughts? Were you, were you happy with it? Um, yeah, going into the game, especially with the line-up being the same, I was delighted. Uh, I had high hopes. Um I suppose there was always that kind of thought that, you know, we're, we're awful at home, we, we might lose. And Preston are actually very impressive away from home. And yeah. uh, they, they like to get its teams in the second half more so than the first, which is what they did to us. And I feel like we probably should have done better to expect that a bit more of Preston. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're not good at home. So they're quite similar to us in that respect, but they've just picked up a few more results. 
yeah. I, I think if, if we just focus on that initial first half performance, and I think it was very much a continuation, as, as you both have said, from, from the Borough game, which... You know, that that is always the hope because I think that performance, every Blues fan would say that, you know, OK, it's not exactly Brazil 70, but in the context of where we've been, that was a very, very good performance for Blues and something we could build on. And I think for me, the first half was incredibly scrappy for the first sort of probably 10 minutes. Um, but, I, but I thought after that, we, we, we sort of got it down OK. You know, you could see there was um, a lot of really well-organised um, positions and, and formations, certainly from the back line. So, who, who uh, just over to you, Tom, as far as the first half, who, who was your sort of the guy that really sort of, I guess, galvanised that performance? Who, who did you think played well? To be fair, I thought everybody did their job relatively well. We didn't have too many scares in the first half. But I suppose if I had to pick someone out, I'd have probably said Ivan Sanchez in that first half. He he had a few chances that he should have done better with, but it was good to see him getting in areas. Um, Terrell looked quite composed, I thought. Yeah. Um, I, I was impressed with Bella yet again. Uh, there was a few times where he got into really tight areas down the left-hand side. Um, I think Bella started to become more consistent, and obviously that was a bit of a an issue in his game, consistency and fitness, but he seems to be really, really improving now. And we need him in the squad in particular, Jeremy Bella, because he's probably our main source for assists. So, yeah, I, I, I think on Bella for me, and this is where I think we probably need to sh- try and shift the mindset just a little bit from, I think we now we've gone into a position where we started to play better. So that's great. But I think, did we look overly um, threatening? Not really. I, I think we got in some very, very good positions. And there was a couple of occasions with, with Bella that he'd done, well, he'd done his man. He had him on toast all night. Um, but the quality into the, you know, into the you know, really decisive areas, he hit two, mass, massively overhit two crosses in the first half when, you know, there, there was plenty of people in the box. And I think it's that. Yeah. Now we've got, I think, the, I think the nucleus of, of maybe an identity now, I think it's the fine-tuning that's going to have to be, you know, I, I think improved on if we're going to really start to create multiple chances because as well as what I thought we played in the first half, and I probably wouldn't have changed too much, have we created three or four absolutely guilt-edged chances? Probably not. So I, I think that's where we probably need to... Yeah, we need to kick on from just that improving performance to something where we're going to actually see an end product. Tom yeah. G, from your point of view, first half, any any sort of standouts for you? What did you like? Um, well, it's funny because, you know, I think last week we were saying Sanyo's I can't play centre-back. And I think, you know, for me, definitely one of the Sunday points was him and Arlie Dean. Oh, and the one actually Arlie Dean playing well together. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think we, we, we all spoke on, uh, on WhatsApp saying, you know, if there's a ball couple of times where the ball went over the top and obviously it was offside I think in the first half a couple of times uh, yeah but, you know, it did look dangerous maybe against another team uh, it would have paid off but I think yeah I mean as a, on a whole I think you know it'd be hard to split between them two really I think again Bella played absolutely brilliant um, I think you know even in the games where we don't look like as you said creating many chances you know he's our bright spark down that left hand side he can you know turn a player put it past him put him get to the byline so, you know, I'd probably say, you know, Bella, uh, Sanchez and uh, Sanyo, uh, sorry, uh, Dean and Sanyozo, sorry. 
Yeah, I, 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 do you know what? And I, I, I never thought I'd say this. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I don't know whether I've always... I'm praised, Dean. You know you want to. I'll tell you what. He looked like Beckenbauer coming out of defence at times. It was <laughs> unbelievable. It was, uh, And i tell you what, he did it against Middlesbrough. And you can't, because we are so, I think, at times a little bit pedestrian with our build-up. Yeah. When he breaks out of centre-half and takes a risk, and, you know, that that is the risk-reward piece. You know, if he, try, if he you know, sells a, a striker a dummy to get past him and actually advance into the middle third, the impact it has on our play is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and, and I would encourage him, and again, I didn't think I'd ever say this, I'd encourage him to do more of it because it's really effective. And I think that his confidence is building. Um, I've always said, you know, first and foremost, he's a defender. Um, and I think he, he spends too much time trying to get, you know, the, the wonder goal um, rather than actually focusing on his job. But having said that, the way that he's carrying the ball out of defence and Tom G, I'd agree, I think San Jose is so composed on the ball. that again, I think that's quite, um, yeah, quite a positive sign and something hopefully that we can build on. Um, and I know we talked about the back line, but that they looked incredibly well drilled. The, you know, they, you know, Preston were, you know, they were a threat up front. You know, lots of pace, lots of movement. But that that four man unit were really, really good at stepping up. And I think as we went into the end of the, you know, the half, it it did it, it came at the wrong time for us because we were absolutely all over them last ten minutes of that first half. But then Tom, as you mentioned, you know second half uh, I, I just I know they were going to come out stronger but where, where, Tom where, where did you think that where do you think the problems came from because it was obvious it was chalk and cheese where, where did you think the problems came from for me it was the pace of Preston's play compared to the speed we had at the back and I think a lot of Blues fans on Twitter I think even we touched upon it on WhatsApp you know they were looking to get those balls over the top and get in behind. Um, but in the second half, they tried something a bit different in the sense that they tried kind of a fast build-up approach through the middle. Yeah. And it worked for them. And they've got those quick players. And I don't think we have really any fast defensive players that are able to cover ground, to mark certain players like that. You've got to be better with your positioning if you're coming up against pacey opposition. And in that second half, we just, I think we looked to kind of get on from where we left off. But Preston were just so energetic from the off that it kind of caught us by surprise. And classic home form, you know, heads went down, really. Yeah. Uh, Tom G, what, what what was your sort of take out from, I think it's probably fair to say, certainly first 20 minutes, I would no longer than that, first 20 minutes of the second half. Where did you see the differences? What were your observations of that? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, it happens a lot in football, doesn't it? When, I, as you say, I, you know, as Tom and you both said, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, in the first half, we were all over them. Um, you know, the half-time come at a wrong point, really. And I think sometimes, you know, it just happens in football where, the, you know, the opposing team probably had a bit of a bit of a word off the manager and then they've come out, you know, up for it a bit more. And a, a bit like what we were to them in the first half, I thought was very similar how they was to us in the second half. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know, a few... I think Keith and Bell and Sunyuj, I think they both looked a little bit tired in the midfield, you know, probably playing two games back to back. Maybe, you know, uh, making a change there wouldn't have wouldn't have gone amiss. Um, but yeah, I just thought, you know, again, I, I thought we were unlucky really in, in the whole of it. You know, I don't think we on the whole deserve to lose the game anyway. Mm. I, I think that the problem when you're in the situation that we're in, and I think the run of form 
you know, taking sort of Burr out of the equation. But just in general, I think over the last probably half a dozen to 10 games, when we drop off or if we have a poor 20 minutes, we get punished. And that that's just unfortunately the way that it is. Um, and, you know, they hit the post before they scored. I think for me, where I was incredibly impressed with that back line and the discipline in the first half, they were all over the shop for the first 10 or 15 minutes with full-back sitting in, San Jose dropping off. But the other thing that I think was similar to this, funnily enough, the way that we started the sort of the first half against Man City with Sunich and Kiftenbelt, I think they just got a little bit a little bit too optimistic at the start of the second half. And rather than sitting and protecting, there seemed to be a massive void between our centre-halves and ultimately two centre, uh, defensive midfielders. Whereas, you know, they should have been like glue. So when you've got Sinclair sort of buzzing around in the in, the, in between the thirds, with both players were in advance of him, as in further up the pitch. Because I didn't, I, you know, whether we were a bit sort of, this is going to be easy, got a bit complacent, um, that was really disappointing for me. Um, and Tom, I agree with you. We kn- we knew what was going to happen. You know, they, we were they were absolutely going <laughs> to at us. And if we'd have used the same, I think, discipline that we had against Middlesbrough, which was get involved, get the challenges, don't let them play like that, then we would have had to weather the storm. But I think if we'd have just kept our shape a little bit more, then. I think we would have nullified them because they were there for the taking, and we, we, you know, we said on WhatsApp during the first half, if we'd have got a goal, they were right, it was over, it was absolutely over. Uh, um, but you know, it's it, it's unfortunately a bit of the same old, same old. Um, they obviously got that first twenty minutes absolutely in the bag, as far as the performance was concerned, and then we saw the obviously the substitution started. So. Tom G, your thoughts on the substitutions, players sort of off and, and in. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it worked quite well, to be honest. Um, you know, I think certainly when um, Halilovic come on, um, you know, he played a real part. And I think, um, you know, in that position there, you know, I, I think, you know, right to Raul, I think, you know, he, he does lay some touches off. But for me personally, you know, I think I think he goes a little bit missing, missing in games. And, you know, he doesn't doesn't tend to complete not many games anyway. And I think, you know, Halilovic, I thought, you know, when he got on the ball, I thought, he, you know, he looked real good. He was switching it out to, you know, the wingers uh, as well as Leko when he came on. I thought he was brilliant. Just, yeah. offers, just offers that something a bit different, you know. I mean, obviously Sanchez, uh, Bella, I think Bella, you know, he was looking a little bit tired. And then obviously when Leko came on, you know, it was just sort of took over from where he left off. Um, but for me, definitely, I think Halilovic, I think, you know, after that, I think I'd probably, you know, I'd consider starting him in the next game if it was me anyway. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll touch on him in in a sec. Just Tom, just want to get your thoughts on we we, we mentioned in the last pod that there seems to be a default. You get to an hour, he makes a load of changes. Probably get to seventy five minutes, and he makes another ton of changes. Would you agree? Maybe this game it, it warranted a change when he did. Uh, yeah, I think it warranted a change. Did I agree with some of the changes he's ma- he made? Not so much. I feel like it felt. I feel bringing on Halilovic was brilliant he looked so good on the ball really composed looked to create things got our attackers more in the game brought people into good areas of the pitch and he looked to be what we've been missing and I know you've mentioned it obviously you know he could play that sort of Grealish role for us but we'll talk about that later but I just I think he was the brightest probably sparkle sign in that entire game for us in the end Um, just seeing that promise 
But what I didn't agree with was bringing on certain players. When you're going to bring on Duke, you want good crossers of the ball. And to bring on Gary Gardner and other players like that, that are more midfielders than they are wingers, it just didn't make too much sense to me. Yeah. So, I I don't know. No, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I think there are a couple of players that, we're probably lucky to stay on, in my view, the way that they sort of started the second half. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't get Gardner on the right hand side simply because you know it, when you when you're chasing a game and you want somebody to be a bit more probably dynamic and better on the ball, then Sunic has to come off. I mean, he, he has to go, and maybe Kifton Bell. You've got to really change it up because you know if we're gonna if we're chasing the game and one one nil down with say twenty five to go. I'd rather go down two or three and, and really go for it and chase the game with with an element of, to your point, um, a bit of thought behind it. Because yeah, if we've got Bella and Leco or Bella and Sanchez or you know a combination of two of three, two two out of three of those, then Duke is going to be a lot more effective. But yeah. you know, I, I doubt very much that you know. Um, Gary Gardner is going to do a Cruyff turn and, and sort of, you know, tie him up in knots and get to the byline. I haven't seen that, to be fair. I, what I have seen him do is what we needed, and that's really put his, his mark on the game in, in the middle of the pitch. So, yeah, that was a little bit bizarre. Um, but having said that, and I've, I've said it, unfortunately, I don't know what pod it was on, but Sunic, why does he always get himself into that position with like a minute to go? I swear to God, there must have been... I reckon there's been seven games where he's had a guilt-edge chance with five minutes to go and he has never, ever looked like scoring, ever. Um, it's so annoying. So, so yeah, I, I just think that, yeah, subs, we needed them. Were they the, I think the plays he brought on, definitely. The plays he took off, probably not. Uh, and maybe that's something for him to, to consider. But we, we did talk about uh, Helanovic, and I think that warrants a bit more of a, a further discussion. Um, I think you know I mentioned one of the players that we've actually lost out on has got you know gone out to hole in, in Dan Crowley. There has been times where he's shown that sort of similar, I think, dynamism on the ball. But the key difference with Helanovic. And I, yeah, I hate to say the word Grealish, by the way, but it's my only point of reference. So, uh, yeah, please don't slate me on social media. Um, <clears throat> but I think that the way he was picking the ball up, which was literally everywhere. So that was five yards off the centre-halves, turning, looking to make short five-yard passes, playing it around their midfielders being really dynamic, really aggressive, lots of sort of spraying the ball with the outside of his right peg. I mean, it was like, and I think, Tom, I think you just made the point, from what we, I wasn't disappointed with the performance really for the Blues. I think we were just terrible for 20 minutes and we got punished for it and we've got to learn from that. But if anybody from a neutral point of view watched that game, they would have seen Alalovic come on and they'd have said, I want to be who is he? And see, surely to Christ, he's got to play and we've got to invest time in him now. Um, because for me, if you're going to put a, um, a badge on him as a, as a number 10, and uh, Tom G, you made the point about Terrell, he, he's, he doesn't play as a 10 for me. He, he's basically a second striker. 
and you, you, if you're going to play a 10 and you're going to have somebody with that sort of ability on the ball, they have to come and get it. They've got to come deep and get the ball. You think about all the best number 10s in, in world football. They don't just stand on the shoulder of a striker. So, so yeah, so Tom G, from, from a Halalovic point of view, do you think do you think it would be? I know you mentioned uh, maybe for Terrell. Would anybody else? Do you think potentially he could he could come in for? Well, yeah, I think it's, you know it's hard, really. I think for me, you're probably going to have to give up either Kiefenbeld or Sunjic. Um, is he going to give up that two defensive midfielders to put him in there? I don't. I'd probably not. Um, but you know, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think you know it's a little bit like what we've as you said, what we've been crying out in, in for an England team for years, you know, someone just to pick up the ball like Grealish and actually just, just move forward and pass it forwards rather than sidewards or, or backwards. So, you know, I think maybe fitting him in somewhere, like you say, for me, I think probably number 10 role, I would play him in there just in front of the two. But as you say, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens on that one. But um, definitely, I think, as you said, you know, in terms of if anyone else was watching the game, or you know, I think I think a lot of people would have been saying, "Oh, well, why isn't he starting for Blues?" You know, I thought, as you say, just coming for the ball, dropping the shoulder, you know, just dinking it over the top. You know, he, he just, you know, you know, when he's running with the ball, he's not looking down; he's looking around the pitch. He knows where everything is. You know, he looks like a real player. Yeah, uh, and Tom, do you think that? Do you think we'll be patient enough with him? As in, as in, if he plays. It's one of those, you know, he ain't a Sunjic, he's not a Kifton Bell, he's something completely different. And if I think back to when Jude Bellingham first came into the team, there were a couple of times where he got caught on the ball and it cost us for a couple of goals, but he then obviously developed into the player that, you know, crikey, what a, what a player he is. So do you think we'll be patient enough with a player like that? I hope so. And I think... I talk anger is more likely to be patient than previous managers we've had, but he is one of those like kind of kind of Gary Rowett used to be quite reluctant, quite reluctant to bring new players on, yeah. right from the start that we've signed them. So I don't know. I think we should be patient, but we've showed with players like Dan Crowley that we struggle um, to give them a chance in their natural position for a start, and also. That- element of patience so I hope we are because we should be because there's a reason he has the resume that he has that he's been at Barca he's been at AC Milan he's got these rave reviews because there's a proper player there yeah and I do think we need to utilize that and we'd be silly not to give him more game time and try and develop him and just be patient see what he can bring to us you know we've seen glimpses and going off those glimpses alone he should be in the squad really no yeah I, I, I think that the, I'm a big fan of you mentioned the teams that he's he's played for and he's certainly been in and around you know the best teams in Europe and you know let, let, let's be fair he he wouldn't have been the, the star player at either of those clubs but he's a very talented footballer and I think maybe there's time for him now to come to a club where we can just say just do what you want just go on the pitch and play your natural game because let's be we've got enough defensive minded players in that team that if he's really expressing himself with a bit of freedom what are we what have we got to lose you know because if you haven't got that then you know it, it's we're so pedestrian at times in in possession uh, moving forward sideways back to the keeper 
you know, I'm I'm desperate to see, and I'll talk about our, our signing, which is a good segue. Just somebody coming short, somebody coming short from midfield to pick up the ball on the half turn and look to see if he can develop the play in front of him. Very, very few players over many years have done that for Blues. And I think, you know, I could go back to maybe Barry Ferguson, who was one guy that was never shy, was always brave, um, always confident in his own ability. And with the system that we've got now, I think we've got license to give somebody like Alalovic that I think carte blanche to say, just do what you want to do. Because we've got all these guys behind you in a formation that we won't get broken down. So if you get caught in possession or you try a pass that might not be on, don't worry about it. Just keep doing what you're good at. And I think if we can do that, I'm with both of you. I think we've got an unbelievable play on our hands there and it'd be absolutely bloody um, just crazy if we don't look to develop that uh, because we haven't got anything else. So, yeah, let's hope there's a future star there. Tom, you made a really good point then. So you said... When players come in, there's maybe a reluctance to to throw them in. So um, we've obviously had a with the transfer uh, window still open. We've done our first bit of business uh, with Rakeem uh, Harper. What I've seen some bits and pieces. Um, very impressed, but you know you can't. I can't base everything on maybe sort of ten minutes on YouTube. So I'm going to throw this out to you, Tom, because you just made the comments. Uh, a, what do you know about him? And B, do you think he goes straight in and probably C, who does he come in for? Yeah, um, I think, I think, Joe, at first, when I first heard about us possibly signing him, I was a bit meh. I was like, is that really the area we need to be improving right now? But, you know, when I sat down and thought about it and, you know, watched us play recently, I do think we're missing that kind of player in midfield. Do I think it was the most needed? position to strengthen no but I'm happy with the signing and from what I've seen I've gone and looked at him he played quite a few games for West Brom two seasons ago so the first team experience is there I saw his goal against Rotherham a couple of years ago very very composed finish a bit of a box-to-box midfield and I think this is definitely a now or never chance for him so I think we have yeah. nothing to lose in signing him and um, he'll definitely come with bags of determination and motivation because if he wants a career at a Premier League club like West Brom then he's got to shine on this loan spell um, so I think we'll definitely come in for someone right now it would have to be Sunjit that's just down to form I'd say, you know, on paper, you look at Keefton Bell and Sunjic, you'd say Sunjic probably has a bit more quality, but Keefton Bell is so much more consistent. Yeah. And right now, what we need more than anything is consistency. So yeah. I think Harper can come into Sunjic's role, but be a bit more of a box to box midfielder and just get about a bit more, add some attacking threat, which we need at home ASAP, really. But he also kind of reminds me of Jude Bellingham a bit yeah. from his play. Um, definitely that kind of box-to-box style can play all over, really. He's got a lot to his game. And I'm excited to see him. I am. Yeah. Tom G, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, same as you know, as Tom said. I've I watched him a few times for Albion a couple of years ago. You know, he's a, I think he's 20 years old. And I think for his age, you know, he comes with a lot of experience, which, you know, often normally that's the thing that they lack at, at that age. So... 
Um, again, I, you know, I hate to say because I do love Sonjic, um, but I, I think you know the last number of games now. I don't think he, he he looks the same player as he did. Does he look a little bit burnt out? Maybe I'm not sure, but I think in terms of that, maybe I think Harper, as, as Tom just said, you know, will it probably come in for him. And I, you know, I think as you said before, um, uh, John, that you know it, when Sonjic was on the end of that chance, you know, if it's a you want a proper box to box midfielder. I think you know I'd take my chances on uh, half of you know probably putting that one away. As Tom said, you know he's a, a decent finisher of the ball. So I've, you know I don't think we particularly needed a centre midfielder. Um, you know, but I think as you said, um, you know with, with the ones that we've already got, you know I think there's a couple of them not quite pulling the weight. Again, as we spoke about before, for me it's just down yeah. to consistency. Um, you know, one one game that's it play really well. Next game they don't play so well. So you know I think I think he'll be a good addition addition to the team. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, Sunic, I, I, you know, I, am I a fan? I, I am just based on his enthusiasm, yeah. but I do think he's got his limitations. I, th- I think his range of passing is limited. Um, having said that, if Harper comes in alongside Kifton Bell, something happens to Kifton Bell, or, you know, he's not going to necessarily be able to play the 11, you know, the amount of football that's going to, you know, that's coming around the corner. Um he'd probably be the first to say that he can play every game. But, you know, just being realistic, that if Kifton Bell needs to be subbed, then we've got Sunjic, you can yeah. fill in virtually identically. So you then you, all of a sudden you've got a blend just in front of the back two where you've got somebody that's always going to be, you know, their default is always going to be to protect and defend. And then if you've got somebody that's a little bit more dynamic like Harper, then it, it does change things quite a lot. Um, it's just whether Karanka is prepared in that system to play somebody like Harper that is probably a little bit more on the front foot. Uh, and, and time will tell on that because the, he's probably not too dissimilar to, to Gary Gardner in the way that, the way that he plays, it's just whether it's, you know, it's whether Karanka says, well, I don't know whether he thinks Gardner's a winger. <laughs> he's probably the only one in the UK who does, but he keeps playing him there. So whether he doesn't fancy him uh, in that, in that two, um, then if he doesn't fancy Gardner, then I, I, I'm not. I'm struggling a bit to see why he'd fancy Harper, even though I would do it. You know, that's that I would. Having seen him today, again, he, he, there's enough footage of him picking the ball up deep, opening a play. He's he's a you know great dribbler of the ball. He gets his toe in. So I I, I, I was very underwhelmed when when I got the news, but you know that probably says more about me because I didn't have a clue who he was. And then when you do some research, you can say, well, actually. Given what's happened against Middlesbrough and Preston, maybe we just did need that little bit more dynamism in the, in that in that sort of two in front of the four. So yeah, I, I'm 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 a, well. The, the proof in the pudding is going to be the eating. It he's going to be <clears throat> definitely motivated. And we mentioned I think on the last pod that if we're going to draft anybody in, we want to get somebody in that's really got a point to prove. And I, and I think he has. So uh, I guess fingers crossed. And we've got you know ten days. For him to settle in and, and hopefully fall into a system that that we can uh, we can put out next time around. So then the other thing from the game and and we, we touched on it, on it regarding transfers uh, in the last pod. Hogan's hamstring uh, it wasn't a tear, but he was obviously feeling it. Um, does that mean he's going to be out? I think Karanka after the game said he was a bit sort of um, non-committal, but you know given that it was probably only an hour after the game, he's going to be that. So. Is now the need, Tom G, that we've got to get a striker if Hogan is at best borderline fit? 
Yeah, I mean, I think we, yeah, as again, we spoke about this last week, didn't we? And I think I, I do think we need a striker, um, you know, even regardless if you ask me, if, you know, Hogan was fit anyway. Obviously, you know, he played well the other day. I thought he played really well, actually, in the game against Middlesbrough. Um, you know, he was really lively, chesting balls down in the middle, laying it off, making runs. And I think, you know, it's a shame that he has got an injury. Um, you know, so I hope he's not out uh, for too long. But in t- you know, in terms of who we can go go out there and get, you know, as we said before, I don't think that, you know, there's not, there's not, it's going to be a difficult one, really. We, you know, without having the funds to spend, as you say, whether we can pick up another, obviously not Harper's a midfield, whether we can pick up someone else like that off a, you know, a local club or you know, a Premier League club just on loan just to take the chance. I think, I think that's probably our best bet, really. Yeah, and, and Tom, has, has there been? Have you heard anything? Have you, you know, as far as any other signings or? You know, personally, from your point of view, would the focus now be on a striker? Um, yeah, I think for me, the focus should be on a striker because obviously Juki's not getting that much game time anyway, but he's not providing even when he is on. Uh, Hogan's not, even though he's our top scorer, he's not exactly been consistent this season. It's our so, top scorer with three. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it just says a lot about the team this season. To be fair, he's only two in front of the Cheltenham keeper, isn't he? Yeah. That was a quality goal, that was. was, was. To be fair, if Sunjic had been in our own penalty area in the last minute, he'd have probably scored. He hit the ball. So, yeah. He'd have found the top corner. Uh, But no. I'd actually say this Scott Hogan injury is a blessing in disguise. Um, And obviously, I wish him the best of recovery and it'd be good to get him back fit because he is probably one of our few players that is actually firing in goals here and there. So, um, no, I I just think it's now a time where we should definitely look at a striker because one of our main strikers is injured. So I feel like we have to. We'd be stupid not to. Yeah. So... um, you know, there's no reason why we can't dip into the loan market again from a local club or, uh, the you know, look at the lower leagues for a permanent transfer. But I, I definitely think we should look at a player that's got nothing to lose and all to prove. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I, I'd be shocked if we didn't bring in a striker, to be honest. Yeah, yeah and I, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right, and and I suppose the the thing is now, and as we we sort of look to wrap things up here, I, I think obviously there's a big gap now between between games, which I think suits us yeah. because it, we haven't got momentum because obviously we'd still patchy a win and a loss, but he's definitely got something to build on there, one hundred percent. And I think for me, the next ten days is about honing, um, I guess, the positives and, and really sort of drilling the team. So I'm so Tom. I'm just going to say to you, if if you were Karanka now and over the next ten days, and you had that squad of players, what would your sort of key focus be based on you know what we've seen so far? Maybe not over the the, the full season, but certainly over recent weeks. Where where would you say the focus should be? Um, obviously improving the home form is a big one. And I read an interview with uh, Alex Neal, the Preston manager, and he said, you know, he had the same issue when they had seven consecutive home losses at the start of the season. 
but they never actually focused on turning around the home form. They just focused on putting in a good performance every match. Yeah. And yeah. I think maybe if we adopted that kind of mindset and went into the game like it's a football game, not a home game, in a sense, like just have the mindset of we're going on a football pitch at the end of the day. We just need to put in the best possible performance we can. And if we do that, um, then you never know. We could start to pick up points. I think even a draw at this point would just put everyone out of their misery a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a key thing that needs to be sorted out as soon as possible. Um, there are others. One other thing as well would be the... I know a lot of people have said on Twitter, like, oh, you can't blame the pitch size for uh, our recent home performances. But stats don't lie. You look at the statistics of where we've picked up points this season, they have been on wide pitches and we've rarely picked up anything on smaller pitches like St. Andrews. And based off those stats, I don't, I'm not saying it's the main problem, but it's a little thing that we can improve. Anything right now to help the home form would be big. So, you know, you've got to look at maybe making the pitch wider because there is a lot of room around the pitch at the moment because I think it wasn't that long ago they actually made it smaller. So, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I think on that, <clears throat> one of my biggest bugbears, and I have no doubt over the, the coming weeks, everybody's going <laughs> to... It's not Harley Dean this week. Why doesn't Sanchez play on the left? Why doesn't he play on the... He's the most left-footed player. Yeah. Um, it's it, 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 it's beyond, we, you know, we've got a narrow pitch. You play somebody on the right who's left-footed, guess what? The, you, you, okay, you, you get him to curse in and Colin gets on the overlap, but then Colin is sort of getting forward, in my view, maybe a little bit too much because as soon as Sanchez cuts in, he's got to go, and then it exposes, and all of a sudden we're playing three at the back. Whereas if he just said, right, you know, Lecco on the right or Bella on the right. I think Lecco is probably more of a right-footed player. Um, I think Bella's pretty pretty much both feet. And just have Sanchez on the left and try it. Who knows what could happen? Yeah. But just to have somebody that's so left-pegged to get to the byline to whip crosses and keep that pitch wide, I just for me, it, it's the biggest no-brainer ever. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I haven't seen many world-class left-wingers play on the right side. Just haven't consistently throughout their career. Barlene or Messi and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, Messi's t- he's a 10, isn't he? You know, Me- that's, Me- what, yeah, that's what Messi's I think. I, I was just, if I can just add to that, Joe, I, I totally agree with you. My opinion on it is I think, you know, unless you're, you know, you've got Rashford or Sterling, who's got absolute bags yeah. and bags of pace, there's not many, you know, um, apart from the elite, there's not many other teams who, you know, can play the right-footed onto the, um, sorry, the left-footed on the right-hand side and cut inside. You know, most teams just look to whip the ball in, like Sheffield United teams like that. They just get the ball into the box. So. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I mean, from answering my own question, I'd love him to try and work on that. And just on the on the pitch, um, yeah, was it great? No. Did the monsoon help? Definitely not. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I don't like this. You know, if Kov didn't play there, I, I get it, but I don't know what the commercial deal is. Maybe we need the money. I'm a big fan of helping clubs out like Kov. You know, we, your football's a, a family at the end of the day. Um, I don't think the pitch made... It, it didn't make Sunic miss that chance in the last minute. It didn't. So, 
you know, it's just, it's, I think it's just convenience. Um, and having been going to Blues for a very, very long time, the pitches back in the day, you know, that that literally was like a carpet last night compared to some of the pitches, you know, from from, from years ago. But but anyway, that's just me showing my age. Um, Tom G, did just so what would you all sort of just finally, if you had the team, you had the squad, what, what would you be looking to do? Where would you be looking to, you know, really work on for the next 10 days? Yeah, um, you know, just to touch on that point about, you know, the home form and that, I think uh, I, I don't really get, especially at the minute, I think, you know, home form... Uh, with no fans in the ground, you know, it baffles me. I'll be honest with you. You know, the only thing I can think of is, you know, you're traveling obviously a few hours away, you know, you're going into a different surrounding, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't see why we can't play the way we do away when we're at home. I think yeah. definitely without the fans in again, I think, you know, the pitch, it was bad. You know, it weren't brilliant. I think we had about 10, 15 minutes of terrible, terrible weather. But other than that, I think, you know, it's again, it's just, you don't, you know, if we'd have won the game, we wouldn't even be talking about that now, would we? So, but I think yeah. in terms of preparation, um, you know, I think you've got, you know, like say, a number of days now with them. And I think, you know, like you, as you said before, I think they've got to, you know, really, you know, fine tune this team now, really, and see, you know, where we can, you know, what positions we can look to get players in to pick up the ball deeper, as we've said, and, and take the ball forward. You know, I think as well as we played over the last couple of games, I think, as we've said, like, there's, there's a lot of times where Dean or San Jose or, uh, Colin or the left back, sorry, uh, get the friend, sorry, gets the ball, and you know we, we don't. When Hogan's isolated or Yukovic is isolated up front, you know we, Terrell's sort of walking around, and we don't look like we can get the ball to anyone. So for me, I think we've just got to work it. You know, if I was cranking, I would just be working getting the ball through the lines. You know, just just uh, breaking through the attacking lines, really. Yeah, no, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that, and I would certainly be. Uh... Yeah, just focusing purely on the Croatian Messi to try and uh, put some, uh, breathe some life into the team because he certainly got it, that is for sure. Right, guys, um, that's great. Thank, thanks a lot for your time. Um, and, and for everybody, we've got obviously a bit of a break now, but it doesn't mean the pod isn't going to be landing uh, next week. We've got a, a bit of a special edition that's going to be coming out on Tuesday and we're lucky enough to have an interview with uh, ex-Blues keeper Colin Doyle. Uh, you know, big servant to the club over many, many years. Uh, and, yeah, we'll be looking to get an insight into how his career went at St Andrews, what he's doing now and what the future holds. So until then, thanks very much to, for listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch up next week. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.